Welcome to Be Ye Hearers. It's a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. I wonder if you remember that moment. The moment when you realized your parents human. For some, this happens earlier than others, but most of us have at least some recollection of a time before. A time when we thought our parents were perfect. We assumed that they had the answers to everything, didn't we? We looked to them for a sense of safety, stability, and security. They could shield us from the evils of the world because there was no boogeyman or bad guy they couldn't defeat. They had life figured out so we, as children, didn't have to. But then, as time went on, the world got bigger. Our problems became more complex, and eventually we all discovered that our parents were, in fact, human. Psychologist Carl Pickhart has described this as being a normal part of what he calls the disenchantment of adolescence. But following my own disenchantment of adolescence, I found myself desiring a re-enchantment of sorts. I looked for someone who could provide sources of comfort, someone who I could point to and say, at least they have life figured out. And I don't think I'm alone in this. As we continue to age, maybe instead of a parent, we look to a teacher, a professor, or maybe a priest. Because we all crave something. We all crave someone to make us feel safe and stable, someone with all of the answers, don't we? Someone who can shield us from the evils of the world, otherwise the world is perpetually chaotic and we feel helpless in the midst of it. Many people's desire towards enchantment has been especially strong over the past year and a half. When life has been so utterly chaotic and untethered, who can we look to? Many of us turn toward the government, our elected officials. Because traditionally, this has been one role of government leaders to bring order to the chaos, to make us feel safe and secure, and to shield us from, from all of the bad things. In 21st century America, they go by names like mayor, governor, and president. But in other times and places, they have gone by other names. Emperors, queens, and kings. As the Roman governor over the region of Judea, Pontius Pilate was one of these figures. Now, there were very, very feelings towards the Roman government and frequent attempts for insurrection, but the Roman government was still entrusted 
to ensure what has been called the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. They were entrusted to be this object of enchantment, to bring order to the chaos by shielding the common person from the evils of the world, but the downside to the Pax Romana, the downside to the peace of Rome, is that it was a very fragile and even a false peace. Because it was a peace that was only secured through fear, violence. After Jesus was arrested and stood before the religious leaders, he enters into Pilate's headquarters. Are you the king of the Jews? You can almost hear the fear in his voice. Are you the king? the Jews. He's sizing Jesus up, trying to determine whether or not he's a threat to Roman rule. Because the title, King of the Jews, is inherently political. To claim such a title would be in direct opposition to the Roman government, to the emperor. So Pilate's trying to figure out if he is an insurrectionist. His head starts to spin with possibilities. If Jesus is leading an insurrection, what implications does that have for the Roman authority? What implications does that have for him, his governor? Because if there's an insurrection on his watch, the emperor would certainly hold him culpable. His job, after all, is to maintain, maintain peace in Judea, to maintain that sense of safety and security and to shield Judeans from the evil in the world, but instead, the cracks in the shield start to show. He's swayed by the crowds outside. He's insecure and uncertain of what to do. He's motivated by self-interest and self-preservation. He's afraid. In short, he turns out to be just like all of us, human. And that's the problem with seeking enchantment from any of these figures or institutions. Eventually, like our parents, we realize they're all just human. We realize they're all just as helpless and confused as we are. Because they're embedded in the same world and the same systems as all of us. And because they're embedded in the same systems, they're also susceptible to all of the same things. Things like insecurity, fear, self-interest, violence, and sin. And so they're also just as fragile as all of us. They have no power whatsoever in the face of things like death, illness, or a virus. For many of us, the beginning of the pandemic served as one of the greatest moments of disenchantment with authority. All of the people we've been trained to trust to help us feel safe and secure and all of the institutions they represent were in the blink of an eye just as helpless and confused and powerless as 
the rest of us. You remember that. Schools and colleges shut down, churches closed their doors, elected officials tried to maintain this appearance of control, but all of us knew that no one had any idea what was going on. This left many of us feeling disoriented and lost, like no one was in control, nothing was real. But maybe, just maybe, this kind of disenchantment is just what we needed. Because while earthly kings and kingdoms can temporarily shield us from noticing the existence of evil, chaos, and brokenness, they can't eliminate them altogether. So maybe we needed to be reawoken. Reawoken to their existence to realize that we don't just need to be shielded, but what we need is to be rescued. What we need is to be saved. And the pandemic revealed that no earthly king is worthy of our hope, because no earthly king, no country, and not even a political party can save us. Only a king so radically different from any other king do that. Only a king redefines kingship by wearing a crown of thorns rather than a crown of gold. Only a king who empties himself of power rather than seeking more of it. Only a king who gives his life rather than taking others. Only a king so radically different, so radically outside of us, outside of this world could ever possibly save us. My kingdom is not from this world, Jesus says to Pilate. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over. Unlike the Pax Romana and the kingdoms of this world, Jesus' kingdom is secured through violence his followers. In fact, it isn't dependent on his followers at all. He doesn't need them to fight to defend him because unlike Pilate and the emperor, his authority isn't fragile. It isn't fragile because it doesn't derive from fear, but from its very nature, from being human, but not just human. Its power derives from also being the second person of the Trinity, from being both human and God. So not only can this king shield us from the evil of the world, but he also has the power to defeat it, to make things right, to bring order to all of its chaos, and in the words of our reading from Revelation two weeks ago, to make all 
things new. It's Christ the King Sunday. And as it turns out, there is a king worthy of our enchantment. Because there is a king who's always in control, even when our lives and our world feel completely out of control. And the good news is that even when our earthly kings and queens turn out to be just human, Christ is still king. Even when our earthly kingdoms fail us time and time again, Christ is still king. Even when we don't have all of the answers, Christ is still king. And even when it feels like all hope is lost, especially when it feels like all hope is lost and your world is filled with chaos and doesn't make sense, Christ is still king. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org slash live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.